Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Hashem Montasser. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Conversations. We are currently on a short break, and we will be back later this month with a brand new episode. In the meantime, I wanted to share one of our favorite episodes from 2023. This is a conversation I had with my friend Ayman Fausa, co-founder of The Code. I spoke to Ayman, who runs a PR firm, about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. Why we're so attracted to the environment in the UAE and Saudi Arabia, and we talked about our own friendship-turned-business relationship. I have been chasing you for, what, 15 years now to do this? I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> We've had all the constellations. We're going to do it, you and I, you and I and Depeche, you and Depeche, and I'm out of it, and yeah. Chirag does it. I mean, we tried all the constellations. Now we're here. Yes. Uh, we're so happy to have you. I have so much Thank to you. cover. Um you run your own business, and we'll get, go into the details of that. But I want to bring you back to the moment, how many years ago now? 13 years? 14 it's been years? 13 years. 13 yeah. years, exactly. Yeah. When you started the business. Because to me, there must have been a thought process of you're betting on yourself. Obviously, you have a, a co-founder, Depeche Tepala, but let's focus on you for a minute. Mm -hmm. did, you, did that thought process go through your mind? I am doing this for me. I'm betting on myself. I think I can succeed. Yeah. Or did it just pass through and just happened? Well, it's interesting. So I, I always had the idea of starting my own business. And I, I, you know, I worked on so many different business plans and like opening a concept store. Like, you know, I was I inspired by Colette and like wanted to do like a mini Colette here. And I wanted to open a restaurant. And I had so many ideas always. Why? Where did that spirit come from? I think well, I mean, it came from I think business school for sure. Okay. You know, I was at McGill, uh, you know, at business school, and that uh, one of my minors was entrepreneurship, and I was always inspired by entrepreneurs. You know, I always looked at like other people and that 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 excitement of starting your own business and and you know being your own boss. But we'll get to that later yeah. because you're never really your own boss. Um, but but uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was um, it was always an interest. Okay. You know, so after working at L'Oreal and then working at Villamoda, when when the time came that I knew my my time was coming to an end, you know, it was the end of the crisis. Yes. The company was going bankrupt where I was working. If you remember, we were yeah. we were both in DIFC at <laughs> yes. the time. That's when I uh, met you. You were in banking, and mm -hmm. I was uh, I was in uh, fashion world. And you guys and were the highlight of DIFC. I mean, we, we kind of were actually. <laughs> I remember being like, oh God, I'm gonna get out, and then you'd be there, and I'll come yeah. see you. Suddenly there'd be like a troop of like fashion people walking exactly. through the financial district, exactly. and everyone was like, "Who are these weirdos?" It was actually so much more fun then. But anyway, yeah, it um, was. It was so. You know, at that time, I knew that the the ship was sinking, and and I had the opportunity to either, you know, jump ship, or I started thinking about working on 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 my own business. And I said, well, you know, I have I have the opportunity now to to do my own thing. I'm I had just turned thirty, and thirty is young. It was young, but young, but not too young as well. So it brings me back to that point, Yanni. Did was it just like, um naivete a little bit of arrogance a bit of both none of it and just kind of jumping in any that thought process yeah i think it was i think it was like now or never okay. you know it was kind of like let me do it now while i'm still a bit young if i fail i fail the stakes uh, are not so high you know and the stakes are not so high um also you know i saw the need right so i was working for a multi-brand retailer working with the brands realized that they all needed support and they all needed yeah. the help of agencies and 
we we didn't have any agencies that really understood the luxury market that understood what these brands actually required also having worked with carla otto which is which now became my partners as an inspiration because you know they were my agency so i i was i had the pleasure of working with a global agency and other markets who promoted you know villa moda to to those markets so i saw what a good agency was I worked in L'Oreal and worked with what were not so good agencies as well. Yes. So I had that experience of understanding what, what was good and what was bad. Um, and starting an agency, but coming from the client side, was also a unique position. That's and why the, did you decide to have a partner? Was it a conscious choice or a happenstance? <laughs> you know, it's such an interesting question because uh, partnerships are are like a marriage. I always say like, you know, me and Depeche have, you know, I, I mean, we've been working together for 13 years, but it's it's really like a marriage. I mean, you have totally. a partner as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the only thing missing is me and Henny going to couple therapy, but yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pretty much. It is a marriage. Exactly. Sure. I mean, yeah, sometimes I feel like we need couples <laughs> yeah, therapy, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, it, it really, it really makes you realize that, that, that commitment is is a long-term commitment. And I've seen a lot of good friends of mine enter partnerships and it doesn't work out. So 13 years later, I think it's such a, a testament to to really the strength is. of our our bond, of our friendship, of our trust um, for one another, our mutual respect for one another. That's super important. Um, but back to your question. Were you um, this close? Sorry, I'm just no, jumping no. in. Because, I mean, in case of Henny and I, we had worked together already Yes, I remember you guys time. worked yeah. in banking so together. So there was... Not to say tried and tested because we hadn't worked as partners in a business we own. We had worked Correct. in a company, yes. EFG. Um, but certainly we already had a, a taste for how each one operates yeah. under pressure. Were you guys close or no? So or that closeness happened throughout your partnership. So actually, we we knew each other socially. Yeah. Um, so we later we later found out that actually his sister, my sister, and his brother went to university and were actually best friends. But that we found out after we started our partnership. Um, and, you know, my sister pretty much lived at the Dipala's house when she was in at AUD in, in Dubai. Um, but, you know, actually, we, we really didn't know much about each other at all. I saw Depeche started doing some PR for other brands, and I started this at the same time. And I kind of saw that, that, synergy. that synergy between us. Like, uh, he, he definitely has a lot of the social aspects which and 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 has been in dubai for for you know since his family since yeah, the 60s yeah, he grew up in so dubai. he grew up in dubai uh i have that in saudi you know i grew up in saudi and and for me it was like wow you know that's a good kind of combination um uh and and definitely i feel a, like you have that everywhere I mean, what? <laughs> you have that network everywhere i mean it's not just saudi i mean don't say guilty <laughs> i have yet to see you in any environment Oh. Where you don't have your network. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can list, you know, Beirut, Cairo, Riyadh, Dubai, uh, whatever. You know, I, I, when I went on my sabbatical uh, last year, I was my my the choices of locations were choices of locations where I wouldn't run into anyone. Yeah, sub zero. And I was in like a small village in Guatemala, exactly. and I ran into someone I knew there, and I was <laughs> exactly. like, "How is this happening?" Yeah, no, I like, have never. Why? I you remember know, when so. you first opened the lighthouse, and I would want to have lunch with you, if you recall. Yeah. And we wouldn't be able to have lunch. Oh, because, no, we can't have lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. at the lighthouse. We so have to like hide every somewhere. Every three seconds, yeah. someone will come and stop you. And I thought I was very important. Like, I'm the owner, and they'll be coming our table. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, and they'll all come to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. So, you got some competition exactly, in town now, Hashem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they tell you, generally speaking, not just in, in tech startups and startups, a lot of venture capital firms, when they want to invest in startups, 
they insist on at least two founders because they yeah. people statistically have found that solo solopreneurs or whatever you call them, it's or you're much more bound to fail as a solo entrepreneur. Right. Number one. Having said that, there's many other risks that come, of course, of with course. co-founders. So and and if you go to these programs, I haven't gone, but I, I follow them. They give you a whole list of things. That's almost like a prenup, right? Mm. Like flush all of this out before you enter the partnership so that, yeah. you know, it's a very American way of doing things. Right. But I just wanted to say that because I don't think you and Depeche sat there and made a big list of what could go wrong, right? No, I mean, look, we've never really shared this before, but because it's you, I was, I'm oh. going to share it. Thank no, you. I mean, it's funny. So when we started, actually, uh, we, we kind of started on a light partnership. Uh, where it was kind of like a partnership on paper, but the ownership was was not split. Oh, interesting. And, okay. So and you did test drive it. We did test drive okay. it. And, you know, to be honest with you, uh, you know, we both came from fathers who had very bad experiences with, with finance. partnerships. Yes. Right? So we both had, you know, that scars. experience. Scars. Growing up and seeing, you know, what happened to our fathers and so on. So both of us were a little bit apprehensive. And then after a while, when we saw that, you know, the, the, that the business was going well, we decided to enter into a proper partnership. Formal agreement. A formal agreement and formal partnership on paper and, and legally and so on. And it worked, you know, and, and Depeche and I, I don't know if it's like that with you and Hanny, but like, we're, we're literally opposites in everything. Like, if I like Close. black, Close. he likes white. If Close. I like, you know, if I want an office in this place, he wants an office in that place. Like, yeah. it's literally we agree on nothing. <laughs> but like it's crazy, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. No, and, they are very uh, different styles. It's so funny because with that, it actually challenges us to see two completely points, completely different points of view, um, and uh, and and you know try to find compromise within those points of view. And but it also enables you, I think, to attract um, a, a, a roster of people to work with you. Yeah, it's a much wider network of people because Correct. you have those two styles right yes so i don't have yeah, yeah, to yeah. fit in here or fit in there you can fit in whatever yeah no i mean look over the years now we 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 we've of course you know it, it takes a long time to like build those systems build those uh you know those uh, uh ways of working processes. Uh, and processes exactly that that make you know make or break a company and especially with companies like ours where now there's a lot of competition right in the market covid came and killed us all and we all came back to life it 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 was a it was a very challenging few years and you know i mean i think it's it, we look back and you know depeche and i sometimes just look at each other we're like wow i mean it's it's we've come this far it's been it's been such a journey right like getting to to this place uh where you know we had we had covid come we had many challenges come our way um and and it's it's great to you know to kind of look back and say you know, we managed to navigate those difficult moments and, and we stuck together, you know, and that's... But, uh, but you stuck together. I actually remember you and I having many conversations during, during COVID, COVID yeah. about strategizing about the business. Yes. And what I remember very, very well is that you, I mean, we were all, of course, anxious, but you were very calm. And I was I? Yeah, you came across. I wasn't on the inside. Let I, me tell I, you. I remember came across. Yeah. I remember calling you one day and you were staying with Depeche at the time. Yes. And um, we had a bunch of chats and, and you, I mean, Let's put it this way. You were very, it was a very practical inclination of how you thought about it. You really, yeah. and, and I found that admirable and helped me in my own business because 
it was very difficult not to make emotional decisions during right. that period of time. Yeah. You know, these are people you worked with a very, very long time, the clients, right. this, will you come back, when, we, no one knew anything. I mean, I was talking to my my competitors, like my direct competitors, because I thought, you I know, remember. For, me, for me, it was really important to kind of align on, you know, how do we navigate this very, very, um, you know, uncharted waters, right? What I find remarkable is a couple of things. One is you guys managed successfully to diversify your business. I mean, that's very hard. Yes. Typically, you start with one type mm -hmm. and you get stuck because you, you get known as the agency for this. Correct. F&B, yeah. luxury, this, whatever it is. You guys, certainly in the UAE, have built a very diversified business. So while your background was luxury... Um, and fashion and, and retail, yeah. you you have now as much of a roster in F&B, say. Correct. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was that conscious, that decision, or did it just sort of happen? It just happened. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, we, we were approached by Music Hall from Lebanon, right? Yeah. When they came to open, and we, we did like a, a wicked uh, opening party for them, and we managed their PR and we helped them strategize on how to remain open during Ramadan. They were going to close for Ramadan. I'm like, well, guys, why don't you just pivot, you know, your your business model to 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 cater for Ramadan? And I couldn't get a booking during that Ramadan. <laughs> I mean, they were full Amazing. every night. So, you know, and then they saw what we did. And then suddenly all the Lebanese guys who started opened, you know, you. like the ad minds and all of those guys started working with us as well. And then and then over the years, you know, we've we've actually become one of one of the leaders in in sure. F and B. Um, I was telling you now in Saudi. I mean, we we have a huge portfolio of F and B clients as well, and we just kind of fell into it. But I, what I love about that is that you know I'm not an expert in F and B. I'm I'm a foodie. I love restaurants. I have an investment in in, in a couple of restaurants. <laughs> yes, you may know of one. Indeed, I do know of one yeah. for sure. Yeah, and so so for me it was like really interesting because I because you know I wake up every day and I'm one day I'm dealing with like a jewelry brand or I'm dealing with a fashion brand or I'm dealing with a a restaurant and and i think they all now have really kind of intertwined right so you see 100%. you see all these collaborations happening between whether it's like dior at namos and it, it's, it's all a blurring become, of the lines i mean look yeah. at look at groups like lvmh right i mean you know hospitality fnb fashion yeah retail it's all but i think for you it's also instinctive i mean to your point i mean when i approached you to invest with us and i was very honored when you accepted it was that that i felt that you're as a person yeah. You have an instinct for this, right? It's not about, I was an expert in F&B either. Yeah. But it was kind of, you understand. Yeah, I mean, that, and, and th isn't that funny? I mean, like, yeah. so, I mean, we should tell a bit of the story, yeah, right? Sure. So you came to the, the, the Hashem, you came to us for PR yeah. at the time and we were talking about it. And then, you know, you told me you were looking for investors and I, I looked at your business plan and I'm like, this yeah. looks like a killer business plan. And although you had no experience in And I told you this. I was well, like, I knew that because yeah. I know I know you. <laughs> you knew me as a banker. <laughs> exactly. But but you know, I knew you and Hanny, and yeah. I'm like, I invested in you as as Hashem and, and Hanny because I know how tasteful you are, I know Thank how you. passionate you are. And for me it was like a no-brainer when I saw what what you had in mind. I was like Actually, that was kind of what I wanted to open at some point in I my remember. life, right? We, we talked so I was about like, this. I was like, to be part of your, you know, your vision and that and that uh, that amazing, um, you know, journey that would that now. I mean, look at how far you've come, right? I mean, yeah, how many locations you. do we have now? We have five locations here. Five locations. Two, two, two in the making. Yes, one <laughs> yeah. in one in uh, one in one in Riyadh and one in Dubai yeah. Hills. So yeah. we and look honestly, Which is very um, exciting. Th this was for me really important to have. And they were a very handful, few friends that we approached.
and all of the, you said the same thing. I mean, look, I look at a business plan, but ultimately we believe in you. And I think that really gave us, so that's why I was asking this question. Yeah. In my case, at least the confidence to say, let's go. If these guys who are all successful in their own right, understand the, the think we can do this, then mm. we can. Because sometimes you need this. Like, it's not that I didn't have the confidence, but I almost needed someone else to come and tell you, you can. Of course. And yeah. that's why I'm very, very impressed. I mean, when I did this, I was 40. Um, you were 30. So I, yeah. I'm not competing. Maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm saying I still needed this validation of a few friends saying, look, we're with you. Go ahead. Don't Do overthink it. Yeah. it. Boom. Yeah. And see where it goes. For you to do this at 30, team up with someone who you have not known for a very long time in a business that is very difficult. I mean... And very competitive. Very competitive. There's no barriers to entry, really. Everyone with a network thinks he can start an agency. And yeah. not to uh, add a spoiler here, but also, and I think that is something that is very underappreciated, to be able to go from a start to actually uh, someone to come in and take an interest uh, business interest in your business yes. from outside that is yeah. the ultimate validation i mean yeah i mean that that, that is uh, really the testament right so i like, mean to be very honest i mean that's really been one of the most exciting parts of our you know the, the this you know this uh, last endeavor. couple of years and and really it's been amazing because five years ago you know we were acquired by by an amazing group yeah. of people i didn't know them that well now and five years into it i mean we're now uh you know they've acquired several other agencies and and, and it was uh, a business sorry to just i don't want to dwell on this point this is still a region where startups of all sorts yeah. exits are far and in between i mean mm -hmm. almost non-existent so most people like you and i that start a business have to contend with the fact that you might be quote unquote stuck with it forever and like it's not an obvious that if Ayman has success or Hashim, five, ten years down the line, yeah. someone's going to come and say, here's a bunch of money, I'm going to buy you. For you guys to do this in a business where ultimately your asset is a network mm -hmm. and a brand, I mean, you don't have hard assets. That is was, to me, incredible, incredible to see. Absolutely. No, and, and you know, the thing is, is for us, uh, aligning with... Um, with such great agencies as Carla Otto, Bir Betak, a project in New York, Tsar, a new a new social media agency that we've just uh, acquired as a group, and Lefty. I mean, those are all really in their industries are the the creme de la creme. Yes, um, and 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 Carla Otto, of course, I knew from before. Uh, they were my agency when I was at Villa Moda. Yeah. So it's also a great name, Carla Otto, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's also a fantastic. Yeah, woman. I mean, I don't know her, but I feel like yeah. the name Carla. Like I yeah, was yeah, thinking, yeah. like if I need to be like Carla Otto, like that's great. Yeah, <laughs> we, maybe we can change your name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, mean, I don't know if there's. Hashim you might have Otto, Hashim Otto Hashoto. And you have to. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound Japanese. I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hashimoto. Yeah, yeah. Hashimoto. Hashimoto. I like maybe. that. Yeah, I yeah. like that. And then I'll team up with Carla Otto. I feel like maybe. I mean, it's a natural progression. <laughs> I mean, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Yeah, no, but it's been really interesting. And, you know, now our group is really, uh, funnily enough, I mean, it's, uh, I was just in Paris, met with some of the CEOs of brands and, and also the, the, the founders of, of the different agencies we work with. And a few years ago, I mean, this, this market was not really on everyone's radar. I mean, it was, but, <laughs> but China was, you know, far surpassing us. And and now it's uh, it's really interesting to see that actually everyone is quite interested. Well, not quite very interested in in the region, in the GCC, in in Dubai, in Saudi, 
And, you know, now that we've been almost two years in Saudi with, with a proper office, um, I think that also, you know, we have that first mover's advantage. Uh, That's of, huge. Yeah. And that could have not happened without, I mean, you grew up there, so you yeah. know this market. We both know how difficult that market is i well, mean you're married to a saudi i'm married so. to a saudi I, exactly i know this market really well and that's why when we're yeah. entering now and we talked about this earlier yeah i am very clear about how challenging this I, I i welcome the challenge i'm very excited that we're gonna go there yeah but i am under no illusion so you hear all these people especially in the fnb but i'm sure in your business as well oh it's such a huge market we're gonna go in everything yeah. make a killing it doesn't work like that no it, it, it doesn't, doesn't at all. Yeah, it's a it's lot a, of work. It's it's, a lot it's, of work. it's like Dubai was, you know, many years ago, and and you know, it's still a it's still like a market that's developing, right? Actually, and it's come very far in a very short amount of time. But it's also not Dubai because the clientele and the customers are non-expats. I mean, exactly. You know, here exactly. it's fifty different countries. Exactly. So we are like there. You have. 20 million plus Saudis Correct. that are there. So it's a little bit someone like me in like Egypt, how I grew up. It's a much bigger market, but where you were really focused on Egyptians, Correct. not on expats necessarily. Yeah. There's an expat market, but not as big. And and the different regions, right? So you have Riyadh, you have Jeddah, you have Sharqiyah. Exactly. Each place has a different like a nuance. Different country. They're different countries. Yeah. They have different ways of speaking, different yeah. dialects. I mean, yeah. so, so, you know, and that's something that, again, you know, the brands really appreciate when they meet people like us. Uh, you know, who who have that experience and that have that understanding of those different markets and the nuances of working within each city. Uh, and, and I think it's really, I mean, I have to say, I mean, you've been spending more time in Saudi and, yeah. and you know, I, I go, you know, I have meetings in ministries and, and, and different places and, and I go and I walk through these ministries and I look around and it's like, women everywhere it's so like changed. in, in, so in incredible positions and, and it makes me so proud because, you know, my mom, was was you know uh, one of the first women in, to be to professionally be successful there. yeah in saudi and yeah. and 1980 you know so i saw the struggles that she had as a woman you know like navigating that uh, not wanting to wear a headscarf when she's at work because that's not what she wants to do and yeah. and she was tough you know and she managed to kind of hold her ground as a foreigner in a in a country where she wanted to protect her rights as a woman uh, and she she was she was really like a, an inspiration, I think, to to many women there, you know. Me for me. Uh, and and I, I it's really just exciting for me because I, our office is actually ninety percent women in in Saudi, which is really incredible. And and here it's about I would say eighty five percent women. So you know it's it's incredible being in this region. Like people would not expect that actually women take such an important role within uh, within a lot of industries, whether it's in a ministry or w whether it's at the code or or any other um, agencies. Uh, you see that there there's a lot of uh, like progress that's happened in the last few years. I talked to Ayman about why they're so attracted to the entrepreneurial environments in the UAE and Saudi Arabia. That's right after the short break. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Conversations with Ayman Fa'usa. It's very obvious that you're just, it's, I think it comes very naturally to you to connect with people, build networks, gain trust, etc. How much of it would you attribute to also your upbringing, but also your kind of hybrid, hybridity? I mean, you have an Egyptian dad, your mom is originally Iraqi. Correct. You grew up in majority Saudi before moving to Canada. Um, right. So 
all of those elements were there in place. I see in you as an Egyptian, the Egyptian part, especially when we're around Egyptian. And then Rami sees the Iraqi part. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It pops up, right? But I also see that hybridity yeah. and the navigation. And I've seen you in a lot of different uh, circumstances socially. And it comes very natural to you. It's not forced, neither with Egyptians or Saudis or anyone else. Um, because I think they're all in you in some ways. Yeah. But yeah. growing up and now as you kind of do your business, are you conscious of it or is it just a very innate thing? I mean, look, you know, people ask me, where are you from? And that's such yeah. that's the most difficult question for me because I actually have no idea. Yeah, you have ties uh, and, to all those places. I mean, now I'm from Dubai uh, as much as I'm also from Canada, 100%. as much as I'm from Saudi, uh, as much as I'm from Egypt. But, but, but my point is, I don't see you, for example, when you're amongst Egyptians, I don't see you trying very hard to be Egyptian you no, yourself I, yeah but it totally I used flows. to by the way it's funny Maybe. like I used to try to blend in like even change my accent to be more Egyptian or Maybe more Saudi I, I've seen yeah. you in all of those environments yeah. and you fit in but being yourself that's my point and I found that yeah very interesting I mean you know because that's very unusual um yeah to, to people... have that comfort and all of those places saudis and egyptians first and foremost are suspicious right like, yeah they're yeah, not yeah, yeah. like the friendliest bunch that are just like oh open arms they, <laughs> they sniff out the foreigners right yeah the outsiders especially especially when you're egyptian but you don't speak egyptian that's Mayor not Mayor. it doesn't but even doesn't egyptian flow. saudi have its own dynamic yeah i mean being married to a saudi i mean i know the, the dynamic on both sides right the early days of how Saudis looked at me and then the Egyptians look at my wife because they're yes. like, oh, who is she? She's yeah, an Egyptian. Because yeah, yeah. they're so, like, all of these dynamics come into play. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we all face challenges, right? Like, growing up, you, you're, you know, you're not from that country or, you know, you're viewed at a different, like, maybe social level yeah. because of, because of your nationality. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, these things still exist today. They will uh, always exist. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but, you know, I think at the end of the day, when you, when you're kind of firm in your beliefs and you're and you're confident in who you are and and what you're capable of, people stop seeing those. That's you know, exactly those, right. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's exactly it's, right. it's, it's it's crazy. I you know. Like when you look around today, I mean, you know, you look at how many successful people there are in in Dubai from all different all nationalities and yeah. all walks of life, and there's some really inspirational people who came from nowhere, yeah. even from the slums who came from. You know the slums of of anywhere, whether it's Egypt or India or or anywhere, and and they're now like CEOs of companies, and that's quite you know uh, impressive. You know, no, I I agree. I think uh, in in that sense, Dubai is a very unique place. I mean, you know, when people ask me like, why did you move to Dubai? I honestly, you know, it's it's this place has given us so much, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it gave us a safety. 100%. It gave us a place to to live. It gave us it, it, everything's just done in in a way that makes life conducive to to work right and it's really an inspirational place i love it you know like i love coming when i when i moved here and when i come here and i see people moving in like more people moving here from abroad it's like it's really amazing like what what they've managed to build in such a 100%. short amount of time and, I mean, and today its repetition supersedes itself when we came there wasn't all that much yet no so we we saw it i remember all of us as a landing point to build something interesting. I was and coming they, for two years. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah a, but it and now it's been us, 20. So. They, they, it gave, they gave us license to create and build and dream. Yes. Um, and not feel that you're not part of the fabric. And I think that was, that's really all what people like us needed, right? And Saudi's doing the same now. You but know, that's I have what to I'm say. saying. And, like, and that's, that's what, 
you know, led led me to open our office there is that like, you know, we own our company 100%. Yeah. And, and, you know, so and, and, and it's been, it's been really like a very, we, everyone's been so welcoming, really, it's been such a great experience as well there, you know, I think maybe a few years back, it wouldn't have been the same. But I also think that people like you and I enjoy being in places as they um as they evolve right there's something yeah. exciting about that friction that comes Absolutely. so you know dubai 2005 or whatever when we first met yeah i think was maybe not as organized or as well known as today Correct. but there was something right that caught yeah, our spark. Attention! I think Riyadh today and Saudi in general feels that way. Oh, absolutely! And I, I mean, think that's... some people like you and I think you, I find myself very attracted to that. I'm drawn fact. to that energy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm drawn exactly. to that energy of to the yes. grit almost. It's like, yes. It's the energy of yes. It's like everything masbut. is possible. Masbut. Everything is possible. Not There's everybody nothing... likes that. I mean, no, a lot yeah, of people yeah, but... want. Uh, you know, they, they're very happy to come to Dubai 2023, where things are kind of already in boxes to some extent. Yeah. Um, they don't want the chaos of the white canvas. Yeah, I completely thrive off the chaos of the white canvas. Absolutely, you I know? mean, I think, I mean, even Dubai, it still continues still to surprise me, right? Spatial. Like, uh, it's, it's like you know, uh, the Palm, for example, was an area which I kind of was always like, oh, the Palm's not me for too. me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, blah, <laughs> look blah, at blah. it today. And now it's like I go there all the time, yeah, and we, we have, have a lighthouse on the Palm. I mean, you have a light <laughs> exactly. We have a lighthouse <laughs> on the Palm, and like I have several of my clients, like Sand Beach and Loren, which are like now fantastic restaurants Brands. that are doing super well, and. And and sushi samba as well, and you know it's it's incredible to see because when I first went there to to West Palm, I was like I feel like I'm in Miami. Like what yeah. is this place? It's so and I had no idea. So, like and I live in the same city, so uh, I think it's really amazing that Dubai continues to kind of reinvent itself. And Saudi Riyadh and Saudi, whether it's like people are telling me to go to Taif, and I'm looking at pictures, I'm like. It looks like you know Europe. It's yeah, it's amazing, and then you have that. My, 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 and... my wife's uh, family's from Taif. Oh really? Yeah. Oh amazing! I, I really want to go. Yeah. Taif is like um, a whole different world, right? It's a whole different and world, cooler, and it's cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my my colleagues were just there like two weeks ago from Jeddah, and they were like, they were explaining to me about how interesting it is. It's a different yeah, yeah. climate. Yeah, Taif is and... its own thing. Yeah, and people from Taif. I mean, you know, I mean, I could spend hours on Taif, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel like I, I really want to go visit it. So no, yeah. Taif is very interesting. I'll come with you. Let's uh, do it, yeah. And with some Let's luck, we'll bring May's dad so he can actually take us around. Okay, let's go back to you. Um which is anyway, I think, one of your favorite topics. We're fine. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, no, I'm totally joking. Unlike a mutual friend of ours, you're not one of those. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, exactly. Thank God. You know who we're talking about. But, yeah, yeah. Rami. But anyway. <laughs> um, so you've had this extraordinary 13-year journey, and I'm not, I'm not really being, you know, like trying to just sort of blow up steam up your butt. It's the truth. Um, you had a successful opportunity to monetize this business as well. What drives you now? Because obviously you're still very young. You have, you're full of ideas. Mm. And obviously I know that you, you know, you could, can stay with your business forever, but at some point you probably had maybe either conscious, subconsciously some points of things you wanted to achieve in your life, right? Yeah. You know, whether it's success in your business, financial independence, et cetera, et cetera. Once you've, you've achieved those kind of things, what is it? Is it, more of everything 
Um, is it you start looking in in different direction, maybe more spiritual? I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, you know that I've had this kind of spiritual journey yes, over the last few days, a few years. I'm alluding and, to it, and uh, and you know, I mean, it's definitely something that's become part of my life, and I've managed to actually like combine the two. And you know, I came to a point where I was like, I, there was a bit of this kind of. Um, dislocation, was, right? Yeah, All dislocation. I was like, okay, so but how does this fit with this? And, run, run, run. Yeah, and and it comes at a price. And when we're a bit younger, you don't think there is a price, and then you Correct. realize, of course, it comes at a price. Correct. No, and it's and and I think you know one of the things that I've learned is is a I have to take care of me before anything else, wow. you know, and that you know that uh, awareness and that ability to say now I'm going to switch off. Now I'm going to actually give myself you know, two weeks of being, whether it's in Bali or or in India or wherever I, I choose to go, um, just to switch off and sometimes even like detox completely from remember, my phone. I remember, no phone, nothing. Yeah. And um, and I took a sabbatical, remember, a yes. couple of years back after COVID, I just, I needed that break. And, and you know, just having that awareness and having that support of my business partners, um, you know, whether to it's Depeche. To be able to do that. Yeah. You know, whether it's Depeche or, 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 our, or our partners globally. They've been, you know, super supportive, and 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 honestly, that made all the difference, you know, because I came back with a whole new energy. Uh, you know, I've been really focusing on on developing the business, opening our Saudi office. I mean, of course, the passion and and our GM and and, and keep, the I whole keep. team has been part of it, but but I just had that energy to go and do it. And for me, that that uh, the thrill of the chase has always been my yeah. my thing, right? It's yeah. like I want. Like I'll decide on a certain client or a certain sector or a certain. You go after it, and I go after it, and 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 for me, that's the excitement of like bringing that 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 business in, you know. So that's always been my excitement. The other part that comes with the spiritual journey has been like that that um, dedication to uh, to uh, charity and yeah. and and you know to CSR and. That's a, a true passion, and you know the, what I've what I'm aware of now is that the more I work, the more we have money to give, give yeah. and the more that we're able to support. And uh, why and, is know, this important to you on a personal level? It's you know it's been since my childhood. No, like, I, I know, I've, and since I don't I've know, known it's, you, it's, you've, it's, you've been doing that. But yeah, I, like since my childhood, if I see someone in need, I feel like I have to help them, and I don't know wh mm. where that innate kind of mm. like desire to help others yeah. comes from. Uh, but whenever I saw someone in need, like I would give them something that, you know, might help them, even if it was mine, I would, you know, give a toy or give money or whatever I had to to support others. Um, it's always come naturally to me. And, 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 and now, you know, being able to do that with my company uh, and personally, I mean, I continue to do a lot of things to help different communities and and different people um, around the world, really. And. And it's really it's great, and um, even I mean, obviously, our our the independence does a lot of a lot of um, their own. Yeah, it things gives as you well. more freedom. But to it, do, but to do, but I, but yeah. you have done it always since I've known you. Yeah, you have been supporting, and you know, you weren't you and know getting people like you to write checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, and like for good reason. I'm just exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, actually, it's a very good point because I think that generosity of the soul, certainly yeah. in your case, extends beyond writing checks and being involved in charities. I mean, even with your friends, and I think there's a very generous uh, approach. And the flip side of that is with people like yourself, frankly, is sometimes they deplete themselves. And I think that's kind of part of that spiritual journey maybe you, you, you're talking about, right? I recharge that, myself, yeah. Yeah, is that yeah. you, 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 you it, it takes too much out of you because you really yeah. give yourself completely to everybody around you, whether it's your business, your friends, family, et cetera. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, trust me, I, I get to points where I feel completely depleted because, yeah. you know, your time becomes not yours at all, right? So, you're, you're, you know, there are days where we have like four or five different events. We need to run between different events and, and, and you know, you're constantly seeing people and giving your energy to people and so yeah. on. So that that necessity of just switching off, like last January, I went to, to Bali and spent like 10 days by myself. Like, I just didn't want, you know, my <laughs> even my best friend, Tarek was like, and... "Can I, can I come with you?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, I, I need, it's you. not. That's you know, great, it's not that's that great self awareness." Of, yeah, I just need time for myself, and that's one of the biggest learnings was actually like learning to be by myself, learning to take you so know hard. a couple of times. Yeah, it, it used to be. I mean, I na, you asked yeah. me my thirties yeah. if I would go on a trip by myself or like spend a week doing a spiritual. Uh, I'm still terrible uh, you know, at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was not even my vocabulary. Yeah. So you know, it's nice that we we do that and we infuse that also into into the code, right? Into our you know wellness become becoming a very big part of what we what do. we promote at the code, and you know, making sure that people have time for themselves and and for their families, and and you know, doing things like yoga or or a wellness day that we have we're planning. It's uh, amazing for, for our team. So you know, we we do also try to. Um, impart that knowledge on our on our on our teams as well so that's a very important part of it and and just kind of as a side point here when you talked about your business it just occurred to me it's fascinating that you guys because neither of you like necessarily have a background in you know finance or accounting or any of those things um and typically you know when you're building a business there is a big component of that and you guys were able to build a successful profitable business take it all the way through for someone else to be interested in acquiring it. We had our friends who were bankers yeah. like you. Yeah. But, I mean, you you helped, you helped me at the beginning, yeah. Rami and like all the... But, like but my, it was fascinating yeah. for me to see that you, are, are, you know, like you had that kind of almost dare to do it. Yeah. And knew that you know enough to understand to run a business. And it's also a testament to that's really not at the heart of the business, right? I mean, of course, the numbers have to add up. Yeah. And you have to make sense, business sense. You have to make X and you have to spend Y and there has to be some difference in between the two. But it's not rocket science. And I think that's an inspiration for a lot of people who are creative. Yeah. Because a lot of creative people, I think, shy away from starting their own business precisely because of that. They're like, well, I know how to create X, but I don't know how to run a business. Correct. And yeah. I think that with some... um just being common sense and getting support, yeah, it can be done. You guys are testament I think, to that. I mean, I think you know, uh, L'Oreal. That people always say that about L'Oreal was a great school. You know, like and sure. and and you know, we at that time uh, we got involved in everything from like forecasting to you know so you had the numbers some... and so I had a bit of that experience and learned how to use like Excel and um, it's actually I love Excel. That's my geeky part that you I don't did not know, about. know that. Yeah, you love Excel. I love Excel. My whole life is on an Excel sheet. That it's is insane. so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my friends always make fun of that because that's like my geeky side. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That I um, did not know. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, but but really, it's like you, Karim Ziwar, as well. Like, yeah. my, like a few of my friends who who at the beginning really helped me with like the the numbers part and understood like what do I need to do? How do I what do I need to achieve? And like just to set it up. And then once you guys kind of like helped us get to that point then of course you know th things started yeah. to run and and you learn right but but definitely and you have good intuition i think you have you very have good to, intuition you have to ask people you know you have to ask for the help when you need it and and you know i have to give a shout out to the endeavor people you know the endeavor people yeah, helped you know a lot. helped a lot and and you know it was a great so, like organization which 
um, you know, at the time Patrick Shalhoub was at the at the helm of yeah. that, and he was the one who actually recommended us. And when we came in, it it you know we were so grateful to them and to Patrick for that opportunity to actually you know really zoom out of our business, have a board of advisors like you know uh, um, uh, Hisham from from Grant Thornton, was great, and, and Mansour Hajar at the time, yeah, uh, as well as uh, Noor Swade, and and you know we had like a real powerhouse of like a of like a, a board of advisors who challenged us at yeah. every step of the way and 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 you know one of the things that Norse Wade used to always say is so what if you get hit by a bus tomorrow what happens to the business and you know it was like it's a very graphic you yes. know way to put it but it was actually really interesting because it made you think okay so what happens if I'm not here tomorrow like I get sick I I you know whatever it is and and you know we 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 learned how to set up our business in a way where you know, of course, we're there. We're, we we add. We have to add value to the company, and our presence is very important. But the business has to run. It has to be yeah. sustainable, yeah. right? You institutionalize um, it, and I think that yeah. is that is also a very like a very difficult talk. thing to move away from founders. Yes, right. To be have a business that's not just Ayman or Depeche. That's actually I'm hiring the code, and you know, yes, of course, these guys are involved, mm. but this is you know the company I trust. It's very interesting, by the way. This is a side note that it's always the bus that hits you. Why is it not a car exactly. or like even or a like, motorcycle? Or like you stumble <laughs> on a stray cat, and then the <laughs> dog hits your head. Like I mean, you know, what I mean, like it's probably more like that. Oh, than we should the come bus. up with more creative ways yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. 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 I never like the bus thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's just a side. But like, <laughs> we digress. Yeah, yeah we, like, we digress. <laughs> But we always do. We, we go back to, um, well, look, I mean, I have to say this has been fantastic. Um, we're very, I'm, I'm personally very, very proud of what you've achieved, both personally and professionally. Personally, Ditto. I mean, I'm very proud of you. Look at what you, what Thank you've you. done with well, the lighthouse, and thank you. you know, and I have to, I have to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. You know what you guys have built over the years, and thank you. I mean, honestly, it's, uh, I mean, all of you guys are very much part of that DNA, and I'm not just saying that on the podcast. I mean, that is, I think, something that I'm very proud of that I've seen over the last, let's say, 10 years in Dubai, is that there is a group of, and some are close friends, some are not, mm. but entrepreneurs in different businesses. And whenever I've reached out, and certainly I know this about you, there will always be one step from someone else. And people have been very, very willing to do that. Yeah. And I think that's what created this fabric in Dubai that didn't exist before and has yet to exist anywhere else in the Middle East mm. at that level. I mean, Egypt has parts of this, suffering maybe today, but Lebanon always had that a little bit. Of course, Saudi's building it now. Yeah. But I think it, that community um, was very grounds up, Yeah. you know, and it's heartfelt. So all these names you mentioned today, they all have their own businesses. Correct. Yeah. So and they I all mean, fully relate, right? And impressive businesses as well. And it's impressive like, businesses. And you know, it's it's what you're saying is so true. I think what makes us different in Dubai and in this region is that willingness to help one another, yeah. right? It's like you can pick up the phone, call anyone and say, Hey, listen, I need to pick 100%. your brains about this. And and people are willing to help and and genuinely, right? It's not just like a Okay, yeah, let's go for coffee. They'll go out of their way to actually support. You know, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, case in point, you're just saying Hisham, right? I mean, I yeah. took the number from you, called him, sat with him an MOE, had a two-hour conversation about my business where he gave me some great Such points. Such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah and it yeah. was like I wasn't a client. I wasn't. I was your friend. I saw you having lunch with him at the lighthouse, and I was like, 
can I speak to him? And you're like, sure, here's his number. I mean, that yeah. is a testament. He's yeah. a guy building his own business. I mean, he he, he manages a huge business yeah. and, and has very little time. So, I mean, you know, that he carves out two hours exactly. of his time to it's, just sit it's with you. He's super generous. Yeah. But I think it's that feeling that you are part of a particular community yeah. and that without the support, it's actually not only harder to succeed, but less fun. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, we were talking about this earlier, like, I actually value my competition a lot, and you know, I I really you're good I, with that. Yeah, I, and you know, I'm I'm very different from a lot of people. Like, you, uh, you know, I just met one of the big uh, big events agencies that open in in Dubai, and and they're going to compete a lot with our group. And I was like, well, it's great to have you in the neighborhood. They've just moved here, and 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 you know, I was like, let's have coffee and. And on the contrary, like, I think it's so great, you know, when it's also when a sign of confidence, it, it's confidence, but it's also like, you know, when you have people and, and people who you respect so, uh, in your industry and there are people in, in these validation, who, who, right? To what you've built. I, I respect them a lot because they're going to keep me in check. So, they're going to make sure that I'm going to make sure that that I'm always, you know, uh, striving to be better. And I wish the best for them too, you know, because there's enough for all of us. But, but at the same time, you know, it, it there's obviously the opposite of that, where you have people who you don't really respect. But that's no, a story for that's another conversation. But that's what the buses are for. Yeah, that's um, exactly. But no, <laughs> the stray cat that's going to hit the dog, you know, and the dog will be hit by the taxi. Yeah. So like, you know, it's going to be something yeah. like that. Yeah, the buses. Oh. Yeah. One final question I have for you: Do you see yourself always? in whatever you do, whether it's in this business, something else in the future, at the frontier, always pushing the envelope? Because that's obviously where you like to be. You know, like you hmm. you go kind of, you know, so, you know, Riyadh now is sort of challenging market, new market frontier. You've been there for two years. You came early. You staked yeah. your, you know, do you always see yourself doing that? Look, I mean, I've always had the, I have always had the pleasure and the opportunity in every job I've been in where I've been working for leaders, right? So, when I was at L'Oreal, I mean, you know, I was I was working for Lancome at the time. At that time, we were, you know, top three, but in some markets, we were number one. Yeah. And we were always striving to be number one. And I always like that was built into my DNA from my very first job, right? And, and uh, you know, Khadija, who was uh, also Egyptian and my boss at the time, you know, was a really was really competitive and she's incredible. And, and I'm really proud of her. She's uh, built her way up in L'Oreal. Uh, over the years, she's still there, and uh, and you know it's it, it was built into my DNA. And then Villamoda was really like the most incredible, incredible retail story. concept that that 100%. ever you know that 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 was ever made in the region, right? And and even in Europe, people were talking about how so incredible. Cool. So you know, it was like uh, like Colette was yeah, in Paris, very like much Corso Como, Colette, Corso Como, etc. So so I always had that opportunity to to represent those leaders mm, right in their in their own industry so when i you know when depeche and i built this this company we wanted to be the leaders i don't know how to not be that's and nice. and that's always where we strive to be uh and you know um, proudly we can say that we we're, we're there and and we've been there and we we will continue inshallah to be there for for the years to come so the answer to the question is yeah <laughs> absolutely i i can't think of a better way to end this ayman thank you for your time it's thank been you fantastic fun you. best of luck thank you and, and uh, uh, well it's always good to see you you too Habib. yeah thank you thanks so much Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Lighthouse Conversations. We're produced by Chirak Desai and our content director is Farah Sharif. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Lighthouse 
underscore podcast for behind-the-scenes videos and more. Also, listen to all our previous episodes in your podcast app or at thelighthouse.ee slash podcast. We'll be back in two weeks.